0: I don't know why those claps always excite me, but they do. Um, <laughs> hello, and welcome to Outside the Huddle with O.T. I am your host, Dr. O.T. Porter, the NGFFL Director of Communications, communicating with you directly, our NGFFL family, as we come to compete, connect, and unite. So this is Outside the Huddle, and each episode of Outside the Huddle will feature the NGFFL's best and brightest. We will hear from different city leaders, league members, Hall of Famers, and all the different diverse individuals that contribute to the success of our great NGFFL family. Tonight's episode is super exciting for me because it features one of the NGFFL's most dreamy and handsome city leaders, Mr. Justin Nathaniel <laughs> Spears of Atlanta. So without further ado, which is French for Stop F- and get on with the show, I present to you the fantastically handsome Justin Spears of Atlanta. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank
1: you. I am so glad that there's not a camera on my face because I would be blushing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Look, it, really it is great. what it is. Thanks for having
0: me. I, look, I call, it, I call it how I see it. You are a very, 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 very handsome man. So people should know that if they haven't met you. <laughs> So to get into well, the story, they let, at my let's old start. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All of your pictures are good. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's start at the beginning. Um, give okay. the listeners some of your NGFFL history. Yeah. Um, so
1: back in 2013, I was working a, a contractor in Afghanistan, and I decided to move back to the States, and I picked Atlanta, and I knew, like, two people. And, um, you know, like any new person in a city, I was using one of the apps. Um, And a guy from the (laughs) (laughs) mm NFLA. it was for friends, I promise. Um, No, you know, a guy (laughs) reached out to me and he was like, hey, I see that you like sports. You should check out uh, flag football. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know about gays in football. You know, because it just, I, I played in high school and I was like, you know, I right. thought I was it like a super job. It doesn't make logical
0: sense. Right. Yeah. Right, right.
1: Um, and then so I called Lance Burridge because the guy gave me Lance's number, and I talked to Lance for like an hour and a half. And he was like, you know what, just mm-hmm. show up, just come out and try it, see if you like it. And I did. And, I mean, I was, you know, spectacular in the tryouts. And then <laughs> I've
0: been <laughs> in here every season since. <laughs> Excellent. Shout-out to Lance because I think Lance is the one person who has thus far been mentioned in every single of my interviews. I'm going to have to interview Lance and talk about his impact on the league because that's fantastic that he has been in every uh, interview. So shout-out to you, Lance. Um, Moving away from Lance, bigger issue, being a part of this league, what has that meant for you?
1: Um, so I'm not going to give you like an Oprah moment. I'm not going to get all, (laughs) but no, um, you know, the league, when I joined again, like I said, I didn't know anybody. Um, and so that's where I made a lot of the friends that I have now. And like my best friend, Alex, who's on the board with me, um, he, I met him on my first team and, David Barton I mm-hmm. lived with him and there were so many other influential people Mark Henry Jonathan Killian uh Carrie Shirell. a lot of these guys kind of took me in and at the time I was mm-hmm. like in between jobs and, and struggling with some things and I really hit a low point after being on such a high in Afghanistan and these guys gave me it was like a a, a way out of that um, you mm-hmm. know through Carrie Shirell I have the amazing job that I have now at Suntrust and you know so many other things places i've lived have been due to guys in the league and there were times where i was flat broke i mean my account was probably in the red and and people mm-hmm. you know helped me out and i think somebody at one point paid for my registration so um that's why every year i look i try and help somebody else the, the same way that someone helped me because you really never know what our league can kind of do for people until you experience it yourself and that's you know, so true I, I won't say that it saved my life, but it definitely was
0: like the arm that reached out to me
1: and kind of pulled me up the cliff to help me out. So,
0: mm-hmm. Okay, and um, so you are the commissioner in Atlanta. I want to make sure I have that right. Yes, I am. Or, okay. So, I I always ask my commissioners, my city leaders, what sparked that desire to take on a leadership role. Well, really, I was watching House of Cards, and I saw how Kevin
1: Spacey was just kind of in charge of everything, and I was like, well, that's what I want to do. Uh, no, i just so <laughs> <kidding>. um, <laughs> I say that because when my fiance hears this, he's going to crack up, because he he calls me Frank Underwood. Um, but, no, uh, honestly, funny. I, I always have an opinion about things. Um, my, my players here know that. Um, but I also mm-hmm. want to help, because it did so much for me. I was like – I feel like I have to do something for it. Um, so right. after I think it was my second year, I, I stepped up and started the sponsorship role that we had and, and did some really good things there. And as time moved on, I worked really close with the commissioner, Brent Bauer, and, you know, he and I had a conversation. He was like, you need to be the commissioner. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know what that does. <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he kind of gave me some insight and, and we sat down and we talked about the direction that we wanted Atlanta to go in, and my thoughts aligned with his. And and so I said, "Well, I'll I'll run for it." And so here I am, finishing my
0: second year,
1: and we'll see what happens wow. after June.
0: What what's been the best part of leadership? Um. Probably having a
1: a vision that's comprised of. Feedback from people that created the league. So, you know, for NFLA to be around for 16 years now, I mean, obviously there's some very influential people that's that have amazing. Been part of it. Right. Um, and I, I have conversations with these guys on a regular basis. I mean, especially Carrie Charrell and Mark Henry and, you know, even the, the feisty Chris Whitlow. Um, we have plenty of conversations <laughs> wow. about hey, the direction of the league. Um, and And these guys they give me their feedback and also listening to them, but also hearing what the new players are saying, because when you have something that's been around for this long, it's not just what the, the veterans want. It's about what these new guys want, because in some cases, the veterans aren't going to be here in five years, but these new guys are going to be a part of the next 16 years. So um, it's right. balancing that. And that's exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I love it. I would, I'm shocked that you said exciting because my next question is what's been the most challenging and I would think that that was challenging but you just said exciting so now I want to know what's challenging. <laughs> nope, same thing that's exciting, it's challenging. Um, <laughs> no, I figured. <laughs> um,
1: not to bring up those guys again. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's being patient I think um, and and having to deal with the change. There's, there's honestly mm-hmm. been times where I've I've been extremely frustrated and because it's one thing to, to see something a certain way and you explain it to people and they kind of look at you with a blank look on their faces because it doesn't mean that you're right. It's just you see what something right. can become. And, mm-hmm. and when other people don't see that, it's not a knock against them. It's just how can I help them see what, what great things vision. you can do? And, yes. and and yeah and it's tough you know and it's it's me being patient with that and understanding that you know eventually and through conversation and through understanding eventually we'll all be walking in the same direction but um
0: it's yeah it's exciting but it's also very
1: very stressful at the same time
0: i could imagine speaking of walking in the same direction right when when you're looking at other leaders or people who you think you can bring up into the ranks and be a leader. What three qualities do you look for or believe that those people should possess?
1: Um, I think that uh especially in a volunteer role, I think leaders have to be humble. I think they they have to understand that, you know, while yes we stepped up and we took on this challenge we are also doing it because we want to. Like, that's that's why we should be doing this is because we volunteer right. for it. And so the whole, you know, if I'm getting paid or not, that shouldn't be part of it. It should be part of what mm-hmm. what impact are we having with somebody else's life. Um, and then I think leaders also have to be accountable, you know, for every good yes. decision you make, you're going to make a bad one. And you need to own that. True. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because <clears throat> while we have – mission statements and we have um, rule books, there's no 500 page ledger that's going to tell you how to be the best possible city leader that you can be. Like it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, And then the other part I think is, is just having a bit of courage. I think you have to be willing to say, okay, this is how we've done things for five years. Um, But we're going to work with our board to develop a way To sustain this over a longer period of time Um, especially if Mm -hmm. you see something like your your numbers falling or your retention rates falling how do we fix it and how do we fix it fast
0: okay so now that you brought that up because that was where I was headed anyway I want to ask you a couple of tough questions how do you deal with um, player attrition or player uh, retention um,
1: I don't know how familiar you are with Atlanta, but I feel like our we're fighting the Atlanta brunch scene and we're fighting the softball league. Um,
0: oh, that's a, the girls it are like, that, oh, I don't want to those
1: exact problems. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's it's very tough. Um, but no, one of the things yes. that we try and do is, and my biggest thing has been working to pair rookies with you know, some of our board members so that way we can kind of reach out to them on a regular basis and, and see how they're doing and see how their experience is. And, you know, we've we've shaken some things up a little bit this year, but we want to make sure that we're – excuse me, we're developing these guys so they understand that, yes, there are some very competitive components to this league, but there's also a very social and fun and developmental aspect to our league and we want to make sure that they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're heard when they're saying things to us and, and what they want to get from the league. And we want to make sure that they're receptive to it and that we're receptive to what they're saying.
0: And in that regard, right, how does Atlanta actually engage its players in the local community in the social aspects off the field? Because I know that's a problem league-wide uh, in most places outside of, you know, the big ones, Chicago, New York, uh, San Diego. How do you keep the, the social and community part engaged off the field?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we have overtime events, and, you know, a lot of times they end up at uh, one of our sponsors, so whether it's a restaurant or a bar. Um, and we've started including different types of events. So, like, this year we have – you know we have a dog park night where people that have dogs and we're all going to go to the dog park and kind of get a drink because they have like a bar there um
0: and there's mm-hmm. one that
1: has i think a coffee shop as well so we're, we're trying to do things and we're trying to hear what our players are saying as far as what they want us to do you know we're trying to schedule some um some community service things in the near future we're going to work with uh habitat for humanity hopefully this summer. Um, I know in the past we've worked with uh, Help the Homeless Smile Atlanta, which was pretty much just us gathering some things and kind of helping hand things out and, and do what we can there. But and we've had really good turnouts for those, um, and I think good. that comes from building a sense of family and community where you feel like you're like someone's depending on you to show up and to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helps us out, and I think our guys have done a phenomenal job of that this year. I know my board has been working tirelessly to to fight the the clickiness, I guess if if that's a word, because um, that's that's uh-huh. always something that that rears its head. You know, people feel like there might right. be clicks around the league, so we try and combat right. that.
0: So, yeah, and and you know what, that is a real to uh, among the gays. The gays love their clicks and their special interest groups. How, how do you handle that in Atlanta so that it doesn't negatively impact your league? It's, <laughs> well, it's, it's been tough because
1: – and I know that there are players that probably feel like we um, can be very clicky. I think – I would mm-hmm. assume that that happens in every city. Um, I could be incorrect. I think so. However – No, I believe so. For me personally, I think it's the responsibility of the player and it's the responsibility of the league. And I think the player has to be willing to step outside their comfort zone and do new things Mm -hmm. and do different things. That was me. My first year, I didn't know – again, I didn't know anybody – But my teammates, they were saying, hey, let's go to this guy's house party or this guy's house party. Now, did I happen to see some random homeowner running around naked? Sure. But that wasn't my thing, (laughs) but I
0: stayed at the party. (laughs)
1: Um, Were there, you know, were there there recreational things going on? Sure. But that wasn't my thing, but I stayed at the party. And so, and I continued to do things with them because they continued to invite me. So to anybody Mm -hmm. that has rookies or to whoever might listen to this, podcast, if someone invites you to do something that you're not comfortable with, go do it. Now, I mean, in a good way. Yeah. Not uncomfortable with, like, breaking the right. law. But right. if they invite you yeah. to go somewhere no. new, no. It
0: some go lies, try it. But... <laughs> no. yeah. Right, that's completely <laughs> off subject. Completely different. If it's a party, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, um, whatever no, they that, That's good advice. Yeah, that I think that's great advice because very often we deal with rookies um and by rookies I mean just new to your league it's so difficult to draw that line because there are so many special interest groups in the gay community, right? You know, the jocks, the drag, queens, the twinks, you know. So it's like, "Oh, if I'm if I'm a twink jock, like do I get to hang out with the bears who are jocks?" It it's such a strange we self set in the LGBTQ community. So I, it may not be a huge issue everywhere, but I'm certain almost every league has have had players impacted by this whole idea of click. Thank you for um, being willing to talk about that. Yeah, I don't mind. A couple that. other things, right? Recently, just uh, last month or was it earlier this month, you guys were – Featured in Project Q magazine down in Atlanta. Um, how featured with such a fan- How'd you get such a fantastic feature? Period.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, one of the guys yeah. that runs Project Q, he used to. It's funny because he dated the guy that reached out to me my first year in the league and invited me out. So, mm-hmm. and he's been part of project Q and he takes the photos and, and I, I believe, like I said, now he's actually running the company. So um, they reached out to our former social chair, Michael Tanner, and he reached out to me and was like, Hey, these guys guys interested in doing a piece on you guys. And yeah, I mean, this, this wouldn't have happened without him, him reaching out. So, uh, for when he listens, shout-out to Mike Tanner. I, I really appreciate you, sir. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a little hey, mad Mike. at me because I didn't get him scheduled for the photo shoot, but uh, hopefully he forgives me now. But oh. I gave him his credit. But his perfect um, no, body and, will be fine. So <laughs> <laughs> right. You guys can check it out on Facebook. <laughs> um, the guy yeah. reached out to me, and we set up the interview part of it. And, you know, I told him, I said, can I, can I be frank with you? And he was like, yeah. And, and we had a really good interview. And our guys came out during the draft and took pictures. And, you know, I loved it because we had some new guys out there and we had guys that are veterans like Enrique, who has been such a big part of this league for years. And and he just got his body together, so he looked amazing and he felt amazing. It was just Mm -hmm. really exciting for me to see it all come together and and see these guys get the acknowledgement that they deserve. You know, and then Taylor was the cover, Mm -hmm. which he's done such a phenomenal job with our social you know, he picked up where Mike left off, and, and it's just taken off. And so I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll do some more stuff with Project Q down the line. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe we'll do some stuff with
0: Sid from Out Sports, too. We're uh, having some conversations. so Would be nice. How, how do you suggest that other leagues leverage their local FBTU publications to feature their sport?
1: Honestly, I would just call them up. I mean, I would, even if you have to use us as like a reference and say, hey, look at, we saw this in our our Atlanta league and, and, you know, they did a really nice piece. Like I think this would be great for the community because it is. I think Mm -hmm. people need to know that there's these leagues out there that are welcome and opening and, and giving people a chance to do something different with their, their time. Um, and meet some friends. Yeah. And maybe, who knows, meet a
0: husband. Somebody's met a husband in the league out here. It wasn't me. Mine don't play. Look.
1: But somebody
0: mm-hmm. met a husband. Met mine, I met mine in gay, at Gay Bowl, So it, it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so, I would just honestly
1: call them uh, up and, and find out what local mm-hmm. the publications there are and
0: and go for it. Shoot your shot. Yeah. I think that's smart. Um a little birdie told me that Atlanta has a new division format. Do you uh, care to share this new recipe with some of the listeners? Listen, I don't know if it's a recipe for some delicious cookies or if
1: it's a recipe for some for some for something. But <laughs> however, um, <laughs> no, we <laughs> um, right now we were facing a problem this year, and we were facing an issue of retention. Uh, we were losing probably 60% of our rookies, if not more, every year. Mm-hmm. And we discussed this last year at our board retreat, and we talked about having a developmental division slash league. And because right. ultimately we were seeing that what was happening was, you know, a guy that's never touched the football was out there on a field with Kerry Sherrell and Chris Whitlow and guys that have been in A tournaments for 10 years. And, and it's just a different uh-huh. level of play. And we were like, how do we get right. these guys the proper um, experience? So mm-hmm. um, we also faced an issue of we lost, like, four starting quarterbacks from last year. And I think you guys know oh. that without a starting quarterback in gay flag football, you, your you team is You do not have a system sitting gut. Correct. Right. And then so what happens is you lose nine or ten games, and then your players don't come back, or they eventually stop showing up. So we said, Okay. The time has come for us to make this, this for your life. division. Oh, right. right, exactly. No, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Because uh, <laughs> if it fails, then I don't know who's replacing me, but somebody's coming. But no, so we we created a, a very highly competitive division and a developmental division. And the developmental one we wanted to be got for guys that just wanted to come and have a good time. Like they they don't. Okay. I mean, obviously they want to win. But they don't, they don't care right. about all the extra stuff that you get from, you know, mouthy guys like myself and, and some of my teammates. Like, they just want to come play ball and then go have drinks afterwards. Right. So okay. uh, we, we set the divisions up. We have, you know, new captains and developing quarterbacks in that division. And I will honestly say I was extremely nervous about it before week one. Um, and after weeks one and two, I felt a little better. And then this past weekend – was our third week of actual games and
0: mm-hmm. the
1: games were competitive and they were, the guys were having fun and the captains were teaching our right. players and our veterans were teaching our developmental players and everything that we dreamed would happen with this started happening.
0: And that's fantastic.
1: You know, a lot can change over the next eight, not eight weeks, what is it? Six weeks, I think. But as of uh-huh. right now, I'm, I'm proud of our veterans for what they've done. I'm proud of the guys that stepped up. And I appreciate everyone's patience with this new process. Um, And hopefully, you know, we have very positive feedback and and we can do it in the future. You know, I was worried that people wouldn't feel included and feel left out. But I think a lot of those fears are gone now that they see that we're all getting better. You know, we're all working together yeah. to make the league successful. So,
0: because they're a big part of it.
1: You know, everyone is. Yeah. Both divisions. Absolutely. And I think
0: they're starting to sure. struggle. All right. Good. Well, Justin, I, I don't want to hold you too much longer. Um, so what I would like to know is, are there any closing thoughts, anything that you think the listeners should hear that I have not asked you about?
1: Uh, you know, I think, Going back to what I said about being humble, if, if anybody doesn't know what to do in a certain situation, and I'll actually give credit to uh, a few of the other commissioners out there, they've reached out to me and they're like, hey, what do you do in this situation? Or um, what do you mm-hmm. do here? I've done that. You know, I'll gladly post right. in the city leaders and say, hey, guys, what have you done in this situation? Um, or I'll personally reach out. I will say, John Erickson and Naaman Huddleston, from when they moved here from other leagues, they were helpful to me oh, and explaining to me what these other cities have guys. done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I appreciate that. You know, we have Andy Hackbart now from DC, and he's been great. So, I would just say, don't be afraid to work with other cities. Like, no city has all the answers, and and I know that all right. might seem cliche, but we don't know it all. I mean, there's there's questions True. that we're going to need answered that we're not going to know, and feel free to ask other people. Um, And just be be patient, you know, have a good time, have fun, be patient, (laughs) be patient, be patient, Um, because eventually everything will find a way to work itself out. And when you feel like quitting, just remember that there's like a hundred and some people in some cities um, that are counting on you to to essentially show up to work every weekend and give them some kind of of, uh, way from their whatever might be going on in their lives. So,
0: yes, that some sort of escape. Name. Yep, it, it absolutely. So th- thank you so much, Justin. I appreciated this interview. It was every bit as fantastic as I expected it to be, so I appreciate you being here. Um, thank you all for listening to us on Outside the Huddle. Just remember, each episode of Outside the Huddle will be made available through the NGFFL's monthly newsletter. Also, uh, it will be stored in our YouTube channel. So we hope you the we're able to glean some of the incredible elements from it. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please make sure you talk about it on social media, hashtag NGFFL. Comment on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube pages, anywhere, everywhere, talk about it, share it, do all of those things. So until Hello. next time we meet, be kind to yourself, be kind to all others that you encounter as you compete, connect, and unite in the NGFFL. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.